1: It was Pride Night in Atlanta, and the Hawks showed out for their fourth win in a row over the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to talk about it all right here, right now, on the Hawks Beat Podcast. Let's go, Bob. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks, lays it in to Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey Slaughter. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. Listen, four wins in a row for the Atlanta Hawks. There's a lot of good things to be talking about if you are an Atlanta Hawks fan I uh, want to welcome you into the show. This is the Hawks Beat Podcast, episode 20 of season 8. I'm your host, Edub, taking you on this journey. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking some time out to listen to what we got to say about the Atlanta Hawks, man. And I tell you what, it was a very impressive victory last night for the Hawks. A, a total team effort, I would say, you know, um, not many things to complain about and listen like those guys always say it's not easy to get wins in the NBA so this was just another good win for the Atlanta Hawks as they try to climb back into that uh into that out of that hole that they dug <laughs> during during the uh the West Coast road trip of hell but uh Hawks get the dub over the Charlotte Hornets 115 to 105 and uh, just a very good team showing. Before we get into the game flow and uh, we talk about the sights and sounds of what we saw, um, just a few things of housekeeping that we always try to take care of uh, for the podcast. Again, we want you to connect with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the like. Make sure you follow us there. We are at Hawks Beat, so if you stumbled onto the podcast, you know, oh, how do I learn more about the podcast? Follow us on our social media. Um, a big part of what we do is on the social media, so at Hawks Beat, it's Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Just uh, search us on the Facebook, you'll find us there. Also, um, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. We always could use more subscribers. That just lets, us, lets you know, whenever we come out with a pod, you'll probably get an email, say, hey. New podcast out. Go check out the heat. You dig? <laughs> go check out the heat. And while you're at it, swing by Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating. We would greatly appreciate it. All right. So, um, going into tonight's game, the line on the game was seven and a half. Man, so listen. If you called them and, and, and called in your bookie and got a little, uh, you, you wanted to put some money on the Hawks, with the but the plus seven and a half. Um, you won yourself a little bit money. I got to be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised that the number was that high. You know, Charlotte has been playing some really good ball, especially Miles Bridges. Uh, Lamelo's having a really good year. Um, I didn't think the line was going to be that high. But look, those guys in Vegas, they know something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, Hawks were seven and a half favorite. And they, they not only covered that, but they, uh, you know, they did it in convincing fashion. Um, Let me give a quick standings update as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned. So um we all know the Hawks had to do some scratching and clawing after the West Coast road trip from hell. Again, I tell you guys, I, a lot of folks is really about to jump off the ship <laughs> after that road trip. And I'm telling you, look, look man. That was the toughest part of the schedule, right? It's never going to be like, you're not you're not going to... I don't think that there's another gauntlet like that in the schedule. Um, <clears throat> as far as statistics are concerned and, and metrics, uh, up until this point, the Hawks have had the third toughest schedule in the league. Like, there's only two teams that have had a harder schedule than the Atlanta Hawks, but... Um, let's just take a look, quick little break, not, not a quick little break, but a quick glance and see where the Hawks are on the schedule. So right now they're the 11th. If the season stopped today, they would be the 11th seed in the uh, <laughs> 11th seed in the East. And of course, there is no 11th seed. It's just <laughs> there's only 10. The top six get in. The last four have a play in. So they're they're right on the edge. Right. So you're looking at Brooklyn. Washington, Chicago is your top three right now. Miami, New York, Charlotte are the top six that would get in. Uh, And, of course, it's super early. It's super duper early. So, like, listen, there's no panic here. You know, Hawks are legit only four games out of first place if you want to look at it that way. So it's all how you look at it, right? It's all how you look at it. 7-8-9. Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the nine seed, right? <laughs> Philly's the ten seed. So, plenty of basketball left to go around. So, good thing for the Hawks, they're streaking. They're streaking. Get these wins in a uh, get these wins in your pocket, and you just move forward. Uh, they're now seven and one at home, and um, I tell you what, man, State Farm is starting to become a a a haven, a a place that I don't know, dare, dare, I, dare I say, dare I say, folks don't want to go into State Farm, <laughs> but Hawk's uh, been playing really well at um, home. As far as Hawk's news, I would say I read an article from the five thirty eight, and it's not a new article, so I, I think it might have been out there, but it was new to me, so I just wanted to kind of just touch on that or just bring your attention to that, but um, and the article was on um, just the Hawks rough, kind of rough start. And if you guys know anything about the 538, um, a lot of analytics, a lot of numbers there. Uh, but I thought it was a very good read. OK, so the title of the article is the Hawks Encore is off to an uninspired start. And Neil Payne did the writer. So if you're a Hawks fan, don't let the title like feel your emotions <laughs> you know to be I mean? like article came out on the 19th. don't let the article feel your emotions because it has a lot of good stuff in here i've always said i'm not necessarily a metrics guy but i do believe that they have a place when you're analyzing someone's team i'm more of a guy of what does it look like what does it look like when i see them playing right and so you know i look at that and so of course They have the the strength of schedule in there and saying, like, you know, the Hawks have had the the third toughest strength of schedule behind the Pacers and behind the Cavs. And uh, it's just talk about how some of the team's players and the play has been down and just as a team. So it is a very objective read if you want to read that type of stuff. If you don't, hey, don't read. I don't care. But, yeah, just thought I'd bring that up because I always try to bring you guys any Hawks news that I'm reading. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of the article that I checked out uh, before the game. Typical starters were tonight. Um, The usual starters, you went with Trey, Bogey, Kev, JC, and Clint tonight. The usual guys, DeAndre and uh, Anyaka, were out. Um, But everyone else was available. Everyone else was available. And uh, we'll go into the game flow after this quick little break from one of our uh, partners here at the Hawks Beat. If you would like to partner with us, let us know. Uh, if you have a small business, if you have uh, any type of thing you would like to promote, let us know at the Hawks Beat, and we'll try to work something out with you. And uh, listen, man, we we, we, we are uh, we are the show of the people. So, you know, if you got something you want to promote, man, just highlight at us. You know, we'll, we'll work something out. We'll work something out. But <laughs> we're going to take a quick little break. On the other side, we'll get into the game flow. What did it, what did it look like? What did it smell like? We're going to talk about all of that up next in the next segment. You're listening to the Hawksbeat Podcast, episode 20. I'm your host, E-Dub. We'll be right back. This segment is brought to you by Manscaped. What's up, guys? It's your man, E-Dub, to once again tell you about Manscaped. Fellas, listen. It's about to be springtime in the city. Temperatures are rising. One thing you don't want, sweat coming from your man bush below the belt let's keep it real the good folks over at manscape are here for your springtime trim listen they have the waterproof lawnmower 3.0 that's going to give you that smooth bush to tush cleanup that some of you are in desperately need of let's keep it real or maybe you just need the weed whacker manscape state-of-the-art nose and hair trimmer they have so many products from toners to deodorant to specially designed boxers manscaped is doing something special for just my listeners go to manscaped.com use our promo code hawksbeat again it's manscaped.com use our promo code for hawksbeat for 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped you'll be glad you did Alright folks, welcome back We are about to get into the game flow Talk a little bit about what we saw What it looked like Look a little bit at the numbers And uh, yeah man So tonight was, well last night As i recording this in the morning Um, last night was Pride Night Uh, down at State Farm Arena Um, had a lot of, uh, fun And, uh, just, you know Celebrating love, man So it, it, was, a, it was a beautiful thing last night So salute to the Hawks for their um, their effort to uh, promote inclusion, to promote diversity, and uh, salute them for that. So, uh, got down to the game, man. Got down to the game, and again, uh, typical starters for the Hawks: Trey Bogey, Cav, J.C., and Clint. Uh, first play after Oop, man. <laughs> first play of the game, Trent throws Aliouk to to uh, to Clint Capella, and I will tell you, man, as a whole. Clint Capella looked really good in this game, guys. Like he looked really good. He looked like the old Clint. He was sprinting. He was running. He he. You can tell that he's starting to be, uh, that he's starting to get healthier, and that is a good thing for the Hawks because it was one of my worries. Like if you if you listen to me in the past, I'm like, yo, man. Like traditionally, big men. They don't get healthier. And I meant that kind of on the, the, the macro level, like on a larger space, you know, like, you know, every year we're going to have to be going through this thing with Clinton injuries. I don't know. That still remains to be seen. However, he did look really good last night. Also, one of the observation that I had, LaMelo is a top tier passer in this league. Like, and, and I know, like, yo he is and, and he's so young and he doesn't really even i don't think he understands he's still learning the nba game but lamello is he's up there with trey when you talk about top tier passers right like you know i'm not sure like what is? i think he's averaging like close to eight assists a game or something but even the the passes that he makes that are not assists are just really good passes like that was just something I observed early on. Just wanna throw that on there. But like <laughs> as far as the game is concerned, man, Clint Capella had himself a good first half. I mean a good first quarter. Um, eight points and five rebounds in the first six minutes. Like Clint was all over the place, and Trey was just like trying to find him, like on the lobs, like on he was running the floor, like yo, your big man runs, you gotta get on the ball, right? So it started out kind of like as a game of runs. Hawks jump out 16 6. Hornets jump out 10 2. It was just that type of first quarter, kind of a lot of uh, back and forth. And I would just say, like in that first quarter, Hawks, I thought they came out hot, man. Thought they came out hot. Thought they cooled down a little bit, as is the uh, typical Evan flow of a game. But uh, they picked it up a little bit in the, end of the corner. Uh, one thing I did notice was the Hornets getting offensive boards. Uh, That was kind of a a, a knock on the Hawks tonight. And Clint, I mean, not Clint, Coach McMillan talked about that after the game. You'll hear a little bit about that in the third segment. I think we have some Coach McMillan sound that will play for you guys in the next segment. But, yeah, the Hornets were getting some offensive boards tonight, which was kind of a concern. But, you know, the Hawks were able to, um, they were able to just overcome that. far as the second quarter is concerned man um they start with the full bench unit (laughs) and as is their custom the second unit sputtered (laughs) so uh i i I hope that wasn't you know and and i think that you're going to see full second bench units i think it's inevitable i think that you're just you're just going to see it my hope is that you just don't see it for long periods of time. And we did see the second full unit tonight, but we didn't see it for any extended amount of time. So the second unit said in the, in the second unit was out there, full second unit. Wasn't out there long. Then McMillan puts Clint Capella back in there. Clint comes in, gives them good energy. Uh, he has a monster block on Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. Ella, uh Oubre had a terrible game, man. He sucked tonight. But anyway, uh, yeah, he, he has a monster block. You know, he's out there. And, and Cam and Gallo, who were the first uh, subs in for the Hawks, I thought they played well, both of those guys in double digits. And I said this a month ago. Like, when those two guys, when Gallo and Cam are hit double digits in uh, as, as your bench players, you're a totally different Hawks team. Like, you're a totally different Hawks team. If you get those guys in double figures and you get something from Lou and something from DeLon, you are a totally different Hawks team. So, um, Hawks go up by as many as 14. I think it was seven. I think their biggest lead was 17, um, in that second quarter. Hornets get a TO and like, yeah, okay. We about to get these starters back in the game. <laughs> and, uh, then Hornets go on like a stretch of about four minutes of just not scoring. Like they just do not score for about four minutes. So, um, it the hawks started out that first half really well like if you're a hawks fan like you really had to be excited about what you saw in that second quarter um you're outscoring the hornets 35 to 27 and the offense was flowing and everybody was just like yo it was, it was just a really good quarter for the hawks so you're going into halftime with a nice lead 12 points anybody that's listening to my podcast know listen even though you're up by 12 that ain't no, you know, reason to be like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because basketball is a game of runs, you know. you're going, <laughs> They're going to make runs. You're going to make runs. You just hope that your runs are bigger and more, um, you know, you just hope that you make more runs than they are. Uh, so, you know, going into the half, man, Clint Capella, was, he was my player of the game so far. You know, he was 5 of 5. He had 8 boards. He was a plus 24 like, he was just all over the place, man. It was just good to see him with that much activity. Um, and, and by halftime, again, like I said, you got Gallo and Reddish already in double figures. You know, Gallo with 12, Cam with 10. And it was just a beautiful thing, man. The, the offense was running, and it was good because, like, it wasn't all on Trey. Like, it didn't all fall on Trey. Trey, Trey had 10 and 5. Like, he was just orchestrating the offense, he wasn't pressing. And, you know, he was just, you know, doing his thing. He, I, he he didn't shoot the ball extremely well tonight, but I still thought he had a nice command of the offense, right? Um, third quarter was kind of much of the same. You had a lot of back and forth in the third quarter. Um, they both scored 29 points, but um, I thought they did a good job of maintaining the 12-point lead that they had at halftime. Um, every time the hornets would get a little run of like maybe four or six or seven points or whatever Hawks would hit a to they would come back and they would answer um, I thought they did a good job preserving that lead you know so third quarter was a draw third quarter was a draw you both scored 29 points and so you're going into the fourth quarter with a a 12 point. Uh, a 12-point lead, and the the fourth quarter was a doozy, man. Like, it was a doozy. Um, And I I thought the the beginning of the fourth quarter, up until the middle of the fourth quarter, they did a really good job of maintaining the lead. Um, I think Charlotte cut it down to three. at like the 530 mark. Trey hits a big three-pointer. Trey hit two big threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, he hit one at like two and a half minutes left. Put the Hawks up 12. So here's the thing. Hawks were up 12 with two and a half minutes left. And I tweeted out, Hawks fans are going to the parking lot. They were up 12 with two and a half minutes left. And people were leaving. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of <laughs> Hawks fans. The, the This is when things kind of took a dive. The Hornets make a... Last-second push. They're a scrappy team. They're a scrappy team. So, they end up getting some buckets. They get some untimely stops. Trey has a bad turnover. They cut the lead down to four with 118 left. However, <laughs> however, so um after the lead is cut to four, the Hawks late's like, hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me get this T.O. Let me get this T.O. <laughs> And they run two, um, just two beautifully offensive possessions. First one, Kevin Hurd is left alone at the top of the three-point line. Bangs a three. Boom. Hawks go up seven. Then they get a stop. Um, and then Cam Reddish hits a three. Uh, corner pocket uh, probably about 20 seconds later down the court after they get a stop. Putting the Hawks up 112 to 103, and after then it was pretty much just academic. Some Trey Young free throws, Kevin Herter free throws, and it was a wrap. Hawks get the dub 115 to 105. So, um, as far as the game and the totality of it, um, when you look at the box score, you see how many Hawks were in double figures. And that is probably the promise, a a very promising sign. You had six Hawks and double figures. Um, And it wasn't Trey's best shooting night. And these are the games that you have to win. Home games where um, Trey is not really cooking like that, but everyone else is stepping up. You're getting contributions from everybody. And it just was a good win, man, like from that, like from the eyes, like aside from the statistics, like it was a good game. I thought Clint Capella was probably my player of the game if I had to just kind of maybe pick one, but um, Clint was really good. I thought I, I, th- I liked what I saw out of Cam Reddish tonight. Uh, Seventeen points, seven of thirteen shooting. Um, it was just everybody was good tonight, man. I thought John Collins was good defensively. Uh, Fifteen and eight. Miles Bridges is a boy and when i say that i mean that in a good sense like that is a boy that can ball 35 points and 10 rebounds for charlotte it it was a sneaky 35 because i looked up i'm like yo i told my guy don um like yo does it seem like he has 35 but yeah he dropped 35 had a good night but hawks go to eight and nine charlotte falls to 10 and eight and just a really good night for the hawks so we're going to take another quick break. On the other side, um, want to get into some, some fan feedback. We have some Nate McMillan sound, and I have some thoughts on one Mister Cam writer So stick around. You're listening to the Hawks Beat Podcast. We'll be right back after this. This segment is brought to you by Dow Family Wellness, the official chiropractor of the Hawks Beat Podcast. If you are experiencing any type of back pain, neck pain, or pain pain, go see our guy, Dr. Rick. Ask him about the Hawksbeat special, which includes a consultation, digital scans, and an adjustment for just $37. Just tell him dub from the Hawksbeat sent you. That's Dow Family Wellness. Check out their banner at thehawksbeat.com or call Dr. Rick 470 395 three four seven eight that's four seven oh three nine five three four seven eight visit dow family wellness tell them hogs the Center. this segment is brought to you by tillman's trinkets and things custom jewelry ships straight to your doorstep every piece will be uniquely yours So if you are looking for some custom bracelets or necklaces, go see our guy Jonathan at TillmansTrinketsAndThings.com. Again, that's TillmansTrinketsAndThings.com. Tell him the Hawksbeat sent you. You'll be happy you did. All right, folks. Third and final stretch. Uh, thank you for listening to the HawksBeat podcast. We're gonna take a look at some fan feedback. We're hear from Coach McMillan, but I wanted to give some thoughts on one Mr. Cam Reddish. <laughs> uh, you guys know that I'm I, I like Cam. I'm I'm always been supportive of Cam, but it's no Cam is probably the most polarizing player that the Hawks have as far as the fan base is concerned you have, you know, of course, cam fam that loves cam and goes hard for cam. You got folks that always want to criticize cam and you have very very few people who <laughs> kind of like uh, objectively looking at the situation. And I like to say very few people and I like to put myself into to that thing. Like it's it's known that I pull for the Hawks. I want the Hawks to win. Um but I'm not tied in like some of you guys when it comes to the Hawks as far as like the emotional attachment. I think that's an advantage and a disadvantage sometimes because I think it's an advantage because I can look at things objectively. And I think sometimes it's a disadvantage because uh, folks think I come off like I don't care. or It's not that. I just I look at things differently. I look at the thing without the emotional attachment. And I'm going to say this. As someone who is looking at this thing objectively and has a different eye that maybe you may have if you are a fan. Cam Reddish is a a good basketball player. He's a good basketball player. He's entering in the year three. But I think that when you analyze Cam Reddish, there is very little balance. (laughs) When Cam has 17 points like he had tonight and played a good game, Folks pretend like his points are worth like four points when everyone else's points are worth two. <laughs> like I heard, I I joined the hoop spaces last night on Twitter. Shout out to uh, Hawks Fan TV. They're doing a great job, killing it, doing a great job with their hoop spaces. Uh, I got to do some collab with them, and I heard some of the folks talking. And, I mean, it's almost like some folks want to kind of just move trade to the side and let Cam be the vocal point of the offense. Nah, that's not what we're going to do. That's not what the Hawks are going to do. And while Cam has all the potential in the world, a lot of folks like to say Paul George, Tracy McGrady. I've even been on record of saying I can see some of those comparisons. But as of now, no. No, we're not going to do that. You're not going to do that, especially after the Hawks have committed so much money and resources to Trey Young and John Collins as the foundation of their future. Those two guys aren't going anywhere in the near future. I don't believe, um, it would be very hard for the Hawks to move away from what they're trying to do and what they have built to make Cam Reddish, the foundation or a vocal point of their offense. They're just not going to do it. Um, Will Cam flourish? Will he get better? Yes, he, I, th- I think he will. I think he can. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think he he has all the tools to get better. Um, he's still lacking in consistency. He's still lacking in his ball handling. His assist to turnover ratio is atrocious. Um, He does a lot of things well. He's a great, he's a really good spot-up shooter. Um, But that thing about consistency is his main thing that he has to carry. That's that main burden. And I've said that I think that he probably won't reach his potential until he goes to another team. Now, does that mean that I want Cam off the Atlanta Hawks? No. I just think that Trey's the big dog here. And until further notice, Trey is going to be the big dog. John Collins is next in line. You know, he does the dirty work. You know, it's the Batman Robin. It's the Stockton Malone. Those are the big dogs here in Atlanta. That's just what it is. And I I think that Cam can get to a point where he's, you know, you know, an upper echelon player if he works hard. But he's not there yet. And so I would just temper and advise patience on Cam. And I know, listen, I, I get it. Like, I'm a fan of teams and I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. But um, it's just funny to see and watch and observe. You know, when Cam scores a bucket, his buckets are worth four points. And when everyone else scores, the other other one's buckets are worth two. But, I mean, like, you know, big up your guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, big up your guy. I'm a big fan of Cam. I I enjoy covering him. He has a great smile, great personality. And when he has a good game, it's, it's, it's really good for the city. It's good for the banter. And it is good for all of the fodder on Twitter. So, um, we'll hope he can string together a good month of November and December, and we'll see where we are at the end of the year. You know, um, somebody had said, you know, Travis and and wrestler and, uh, are gonna have to make some decisions uh, when the comes to came and DeAndre. Yeah, they're gonna have to make them decisions whether they have good seasons or not. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. You know it's obvious that you simply cannot pay everybody, you know? And so they're going to have to make some decisions, but I think they're going to sit back and they're going to wait. They're going to wait until the season is over, or at least until you get 75, 80% of the season, then they will analyze what kind of season, how we had. Let's look at the full body of work over these guys, totality and see what they put together. And, um, I trust those guys, man. They made they've made uh, some really good decisions in the past, and so I, I trust them to make the right decisions. So, um, fan feedback after each game, I always ask on Twitter, "What is uh, what are your feelings? What are your takeaways from tonight's game?" And let's go to Twitter and see what folks had to say. And I also ask, "Who was your player of the game?" Uh, let's see. Nate Blanchett on Twitter said, "We are deep. Love seeing so many guys in double figures." Um, thanks Nate for checking this out. Uh, the one says Clint Mitchell, two, two, three, four, zero, seven, nine says Clint. He also says that, um, great game from cam, but he need to do nothing but ball handling drills <laughs> in the off season. Yes. It, cam can definitely work on his ball handling skills. You know, that's definitely an area of, of improvement that, that he can work on. And uh, you know, hey, you know, offseason, it looks like his shooting got better, so maybe we can we can throw in um, we can throw in uh, those ball handling skills uh, as well. Another comment says Travis Lake, Tony Wrestler going to have to make some hard decisions if Cam stays consistent and healthy like he played these last two games. And here's the thing, I agree and I disagree. So like. We can't say okay man it's going to be tough and to make decisions after he makes two after he has two good games but we don't have anything to say after he has like three or four bad games right and my thing is you have to look at the whole body of work yes they're going to have to make decisions but you know the athlete is going to have to decide if the decision is going to be hard or not so you know um let's wait and see how it, how it turns out let's wait and see how it turns out and uh I know Great game from Cam. If folks said he was their player of the game, I would not argue. I would not argue with that. For me, player of the game was was Clint Capella. But if someone to say Cam Reddish with seventeen and six and how he played defensively, wouldn't disagree with that at all. Wouldn't disagree at all. But uh, everyone's pulling for Cam. Everyone's pulling for Cam. As far as uh, some post game sound, let me get some post game. We um. After the, after the game coach Mcmillan spoke Trey spoke and I think John Collins spoke so I think we have some sound from um, coach Mcmillan so let me cue that up and here's a little bit about what he had to say after the game
0: so far 70th double tonight just what does he bring to the team especially on the rebounding side he's the anchor. Uh, for us. Uh, You know, uh, tonight uh, we can't put everything on Clint to rebound the basketball. We gave up 21 offensive boards. Uh, You know, really, they just out-scrapped us, out-worked us on that end. Uh, But Clint, I thought, did his part uh, with, you know, 15 boards uh, tonight. That's what he does. You know, he anchors our defense. Uh, When there are breakdowns, a lot of times he is having to come over and uh, defend the basket, uh, which he's given up rebounding position in situations like this so we have to do a better job of keeping the ball in front of us uh, so that we can stay attached Uh, Clint can stay attached to his man and we can rebound the basketball but uh, you know tonight uh, you know I thought he played within himself offensively Um, they were uh, leaving him to help on penetration and he was able to uh, finish
1: so that was coach McMillan talking about the game that Clint Capella had and just saying, you know, the cause of the causation of some of these offensive rebounds is Hawks guys are getting beat on the perimeter. (laughs) He didn't really say it like that, but uh, Clint is, is having to leave his man and coming, coming over to contest shots, coming over to uh, rebound the ball, whatever the case may be. A lot of times that leaves a guy open for them to get offensive rebounds. So, uh, in essence a very savvy way, a very veteran way of, of Nate saying, look, we gotta stick with our guys so Clint can stick with his guys and he can rebound better. And he was saying, you know, as a team they gotta they gotta they gotta rebound better, they gotta out scrap him. And uh, you know, just you kinda kinda read in between the lines the coach speaks, but uh I, I admire Coach Millen, I'm McMillan. I like listening to him. I find him very honest and forthcoming. So um, I think that about wraps it up, guys. The Hawks uh get the dub 115 to 110 over the Charlotte Hornets. The next game for them will be on Monday as they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. The uh the 6 and 10 Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'll tell you this, man, like you know, a lot of people talking about the OK OKC Thunder. But uh, this team beat a Lakers team, man. This team can sneak up on you. So you can't you can't relax and think that, oh, man, we got OKC coming in. Nah, man, handle your business. Right? Handle your business. Take care of these home games. And, uh, you know, you, you, you got to go back on the road. You know, it's not going to be another gauntlet. You got a two-game swing coming up. So you have Oklahoma City on Monday. Wednesday, you travel to... Uh, San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Friday night, you got a matchup with John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. And you're back home on Saturday, November the 27th, to take on the New York Knicks. So those are the next four games for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Out of those four, if they can win three, that they will be in really good shape. But uh, one game at a time, one game at a time. As always, we appreciate you guys, and thank you for checking us out on the Hawks Beat Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, like we always say, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So, if you don't know him, you need to find him and get to know him and show him some love, because that is all he is showing you. L-O-V-E love. We out.